0: Welcome to the 4th Destination Melbourne Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Stewart. I recently caught the Skybus out to Melbourne Airport for this interview with Patty Cooper, Head of Aviation Operations out there. It was the middle of the afternoon on that hot 38 degree day we had a little while ago and although the air conditioning was doing its job, I was a little giddy about the prospect of seeing how the nerve centre of Melbourne Airport operated. Turns out it looked like most offices, but still, speaking with Katie gave the impression that there's a lot more that goes on at the airport than meets the eye as an everyday passenger. Even on a stifling hot Monday afternoon, there's an energy in and around Melbourne Airport, so it's unsurprising that it continues to see record numbers of passengers move through its terminals. On the back of seven and a half years of continual growth, plus regular announcements of new airlines servicing the city especially from mainland China, there's a lot of pressure to continue growing the business. But as Katie and I discussed, the addition of T4, the changing face of Terminal 2, and future expansion plans mean that Melbourne Airport are up for the challenge. Now, just as a side note, since my interview with Katie, Melbourne Airport have presented a submission to the Victorian State Government about the need for a rail link between the airport and the city. And while we didn't speak about that during this interview, for the next week or so, you should be able to stream a conversation that Destination Melbourne's CEO, Lara Cavallo, had with John Fain on 774 ABC Melbourne on December the 6th via the ABC website. Now, this will be the last podcast of the year, but looking at the download and streaming numbers we've had over the past few episodes, we'll keep producing monthly episodes into 2017. If there's someone you'd like to hear interviewed, whether from your business or someone you've worked with or someone you've listened to speak somewhere in the industry, you can email me at dylan at destination.melbourne and I'll look into it. Of course, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes, rate us, it'll help more people learn about the Melbourne visitor industry and give listeners a more thorough understanding of the people, businesses and organisations that make up the industry. If you're having a break over the holidays, I hope it's enjoyable, and if not, then keep working hard and we'll see you again in 2017. For now, here's Katie Cooper. Katie Cooper, thank you for taking some time to have a chat to Destination Melbourne. Can you tell me a bit
1: about your career up to this point? Sure. So I've been involved in aviation for about 20 years now, spending the first 15 years really working with airlines. So working on the, um, I guess, the mobility side of actually flying people from one place to the other. And then about six years ago, I moved over into working for more the airport infrastructure side. So seeing another side of aviation that's linked, but but provides a different experience for customers, very much ground-based, but actually still part of you know helping the customer get to their, their ultimate destination. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, of those six years, have you been solely at Melbourne Airport?
1: No, I've moved around a bit, so I think um, I've worked in the UK, I've worked in New Zealand, I've lived in the Northern Territory, I've worked in Perth, worked in Melbourne, um, you tend to move a bit when you're in aviation, new jobs tend to be in new cities, so um, I'm well practiced at packing up a suitcase and, and a house and uh, moving to a new location. Right.
0: So where are you from originally?
1: Um, my home's in Perth, but I've lived in Melbourne um, on and off for probably 20 years. So okay. Melbourne's my um, probably my home in, in, in all other senses of the word. So it's a town that I... I absolutely adore and love and i'm really very pleased to be living back here again
0: cool and so what's the best part about working at melbourne airport in particular
1: probably sounds corny but it's the people so um, the people within melbourne airport as a company but also the people that work at the airport for other organizations so we have um, around 14 and a half thousand people that are based at melbourne airport so we're almost a city within a city that wow. are working here um, in the zone and, and they really make it fun to come to work every day because you know things happen that are different and we get involved with lots but the people make it fun
0: yeah and so of the 14,000 people is that how does that differ differ to other major airports that you've worked at at least? Um,
1: some of them are structured differently compared to here to overseas. So some do a lot more um, insourcing, some are outsourcing, but it all depends a little bit on the demographic of the customer. So we have international and domestic passengers. We have high cost, uh, sorry, not high cost, high value and um, and low cost carriers. So we have quite a range of demographic of customer that, that come through and, and, you know, there's ground handling services, there's engineering services, there's retail. We've, we've got a broad range of services that are offered be it you know from the technical side with engineers and electricians through to people that are working in a medical center so we have a a whole range of society that comes out and works here and um, in fact two-thirds of the people that work at melbourne airport also live within 15 kilometers of the city uh, of 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 melbourne airport Airport itself so it gives us a a nice local feel as Mm. well
0: and are you part of that Two thirds.
1: I am. Awesome. I am. I live only a few K's away, so uh, on my commute to work, I'm very fortunate. I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it makes it uh, really easy to get in and out, and um, and and shop local and be around. And so, from
0: a passenger perspective, what makes Melbourne Airport different to, say, Sydney or one of the other major Australian airline airports? I, I
1: think one of the main the main things that um, is a real advantage from Melbourne Airport for passengers is the fact we're all under a single roof. So if you compare us to some other airports in Australia where they're international and domestic maybe on other sides of a runway or they may be you know having a physical distance apart that you need to get to by walking or catching a train or or a bus the advantage we've got here in melbourne is we're all under a single roof so we can walk to all or four of our terminals from anywhere at one point in time so passengers when they've got luggage or trolleys it's a much smoother transition for them
0: or if it's raining
1: if it's right absolutely which of course it never rains in melbourne <laughs> surely not <laughs>
0: And so one of the airport's recent major projects has been the construction of T4. Mm. Uh, Since it opened in December
1: 2015, what's the feedback been like from passengers travelling on Jetstar and Tiger Air? Yeah, no, it's T4 has been um, quite a different proposition and it's the first time we've really built a brand new terminal um, in Melbourne for, oh, for decades really and I think um, we've now got four carriers that operate from T4, so it's Jetstar and Tiger as well as um, Regional Express or Rex, as it's commonly referred to, um, but also Air North, so we've introduced new carriers since it's opened. Um, feedback generally is really positive, it's an unusual concept where we have a common waiting area for customers where they all sit where the amenities are so there's um, the toilet services or even retail or food and beverage offerings um, and tables and chairs and that waiting zones all in one communal area and then it's what's called a quarter call to gate model so customers then get notified of their gate and they go to their gates simply to board their flight, which is quite a modern way of travelling. It's the first time it's been done that way in Australia, although it is very common overseas. And I think that's something that um, that is setting us apart and keeping us a bit different, which is great.
0: How's feedback been from passengers? Is, have they taken to this approach? Has it taken some education?
1: Um, a bit of both. So some customers absolutely love it and, and understand the concept and are familiar with how it works from travelling overseas and they've they've understood it all, all very quickly. Um, some other customers... are. Um, uh, once they 've you know taken a little while to find their their way, but generally generally feedback's really positive around the experience it's different. Um, compared to pe- for people that haven't been here before, for example, check-in is all self-service, so it's all on the ground floor. Um, customers have got a really modern way of checking in. They've got kiosks, they've got automatic bag drops, um, and obviously there's airline staff and ground handling staff there to assist. But it's on the ground floor. Customers then travel upstairs to go through screening, um, and then they've got a you know large waiting area where they can relax and and um, and sit down and grab a coffee or read a book or do whatever they would like to do while they're waiting for their flight, and then they go to their to their to their gate numbers essentially so it's um it's it's different compared to some of our more traditional counters or traditional terminals shall i say where check-ins on a top level and then you go downstairs mm-hmm. to the departure gates so once people have got their bearings they seem to really enjoy it yeah
0: right and so are there other plans for future development oh the airport <laughs> never
1: stops it's um you know we're very very fortunate where we have a um 24 hours a day seven day a week airport which is fantastic for victoria's economic growth as well as um, for passengers to be able to travel with convenience but we've got a lot of things on the provision we're in the very very early stages of looking at a third runway um, and that's in the the very beginning stage if you're currently traveling through terminal two you'll see that we're under construction so we're building a brand new luxury retail and dining experience for customers and that's going to have um, a significant fresh um, luxurious and, and a really um pleasant environment for customers that do want to um, to go and have a look at those particular brands and that's something that our customer research has clearly told us is what's being sought. Okay. Um, we've got some other options around how do we actually you know, create more space. We're a growing business, we've got more customer airlines coming, we've got um, more customers fitting onto existing services so we're really excited by what we've got in the future but we're, we're continually growing um, which is a great place to be. Yeah.
0: yeah and so I guess of the people who are coming in as mm-hmm. passengers uh, your customer care program was the winner of a 2015 Tourism Award in the category of Outstanding Contribution by Volunteers. Can you please tell me a little bit more about that program?
1: Sure. So, I mean, we are um, we are very proud of our Customer Care Volunteer Program. So our volunteers... Um, Give up their time and their energy and their and their experiences really to assist customers on their journey not only through the airport but also about what's available to do in Melbourne and Victoria around um, what tourism products are available or or you know even how to get into the city or to to go out to a far afield so the program um, is run as as a an initiative I guess really to be a customer experience assistance program so customers can come in and they've got someone that's a friendly face sometimes. You know, We have nearly 100,000 passengers probably come through this facility on a daily basis and sometimes seeing a friendly face, having someone there to have a laugh with you if you're waiting in a queue or um, being able to ask someone a question, particularly when English is not your first language or if you're in the first time you've been to Melbourne, perhaps if you've arrived from overseas um, and you just you know sometimes need that, that friendly warming face to give you some advice, some help or even a friendly smile saying welcome to Melbourne, it makes a really big difference to the customer experience. What's been uh, some, I guess, incidental success from that has been we've had about 15 percent of our volunteers in the last 12 months actually obtain paid employment with other people they've either organizations on airport or other tourism organizations both here or overseas where they've used their volunteering experience and said look you know i've really enjoyed this this is an environment i want to work in and they've ended up you know getting a full-time job or a part-time job working for another organization um, that's based out here which you know something we're really proud of because whilst it's not a a a goal of the program per se it's a fantastic side benefit because they you know the more we share knowledge amongst everybody that works out here um the greater the customer experience will be absolutely how many
0: volunteers would you have
1: um, time. we have about 160 um, so we have a significant number and they work uh, a range of shifts normally morning or afternoon shifts and they're here seven days a week yep. because of our operation and when our peak times are there's a really wide range of hours that they they do work and they're volunteers so it's when that it also suits their life mm. to come out and do a shift the feedback from our volunteers is that they really enjoy it they enjoy the energy of the airport but they also enjoy interacting with you know so many multicultural people enjoy interacting with customers that are traveling for varying purposes they feel like they make a difference to helping somebody and that's that's something that i think is a really nice feeling to walk out at the end of the day after you've you know perhaps spent a couple of hours here helping someone and think i've really made a difference yep
0: and so where are they located
1: Oh, all over. Okay. So once they've completed training, which obviously we provide for them, they could be working in international arrivals, they might choose to go and work in Terminal 4. So we have various locations, um, they might be in Terminal 3, but um, they really work wherever the need is, So um, and where customers might need help. So they might help someone that's arrived from, um, say, an international flight in Terminal 2, but would like some advice of where do I, you know, how do I get to the Skybus, for example, and they might actually walk them on that journey and show them, so they're mobile, they' um, they're available to help and, and do so with a willing smile they're, they're a really great addition to the community of the you know that's based at the airport
0: and how do you measure the success of the customer care program? Um,
1: there's a number of ways we do that so we do um, customer surveys um, through our what we call our quality service monitoring program um, and we measure our success about customer experience through that forum we also measure it incidentally just through general feedback and, and you know from the customers from other staff at the airport. Community community um, and also through um, just, you know, customer writing in to tell us how, how much they appreciated something that, a, you know, one of our volunteers might have helped them with. Sometimes it can be a really small thing about, you know, helping um, a mother who's, you know, got small children just to, you know, keep the children entertained for two minutes while she's, you know, or the, you know, mum or dad might be getting their passports organised or those small things can have a big impact on people and it's just, you know, being there as a person that can help and provide advice and assistance and um and a friendly face i don't think that can be underestimated the value of you know a welcoming smile
0: it creates a really positive sense of welcome especially if it's Somebody's first time to Melbourne.
1: Exactly sets them on their way. Or if someone's crying because they're leaving Melbourne, you yeah. know, and it gives someone to give them a bit of a bit of a, a hug or a cuddle, and you know, say it'll be okay, and and help passengers on their journeys. So that's you know, that's a really it's a really valuable part of what they provide to the airport community. Yeah.
0: Uh, and now it's been a year since you won the mm. tourism award. How has winning that award affected the business and the customer care program in particular?
1: It's certainly raised its profile. I think it's raised its profile both within the airport community itself, but but um, also within um, the passenger world. So people are aware of who our volunteers are. They're aware that, um, you know, I think it also gave the volunteers a really good sense of pride about what they're actually delivering, that they've been recognised and acknowledged as, you know, the, the efforts that they're doing are, are really appreciated. Um, I mean, we've just re-uniformed and, and launched a brand-new uniform for our volunteers. Um, so they're now, instead of... They used to previously wear a bit of a more of a corporate uniform, whereas now we've put them into something that's a little bit more relaxed and friendly, brighter in colour, um, and and it's, you know got this lovely big logo on it or, or you know statement on the back of the shirts that just says really simply can I help you, um, so customers know that they're there to be approached they're there to um, to assist and they're there to um, you know try and answer any questions or problems and assist customers when they have them as they are wandering through the building. Yeah, cool.
0: Although Melbourne Airport is a major player in the city's wider visitor industry and really. Mm-hmm the state of Victoria's uh, visitor industry, what kind of relationships does the airport have with local communities around Tullamarine and surrounding suburbs and also local government?
1: Yeah, and we have um, we have quite strong um, and we put quite a lot of energy into our stakeholder relationships. There's probably a couple of layers to that answer, if you like, but from a, at the local community area, we have um, we have a regular forum called the Community Aviation Consultative Group um, and that, um, that forum meets um, regularly and is made up of various members of the community Um, and various members of the Melbourne airport team and you know information shared shared in that group we also have regular interactions with various um, local government and state government and federal government um, interactions which you would expect for a a business of um, of our nature and and we also do a lot of community engagement activities from a sort of corporate social responsibility perspective as well so we have a number of touch points Um, and I think I mentioned before you know the number of people that actually work at the airport that also live within the region so we're part of the community in which we're we're working as well so we, we get some fairly direct you know feedback and information in those spaces as mm. well you've
0: got a stake in it absolutely internally
1: yeah well absolutely i, mean, I personally do because i live in the i live local but yeah and, and a lot of the you know the people that work out here do
0: mm. In terms of the corporate social responsibility stuff that you mentioned, are there any examples that you have off the top of your head? Question Um, without notice. Yeah, it is, absolutely. (laughs) Um,
1: No, look, we have... uh, Our corporate affairs team certainly, you know, run the program for us, but we've done things like scholarships in the past. We've done things certainly with the local schools, whether it be presentations or education or, or, um, you know, support in kind, depending on what it is that's being sought. So we have a a program and an assessment area that they go through for... um, for support and we have certain charities that we sponsor and look after each year with different activities so um, we do do different things each year um, yeah. but it is something that we do certainly particularly within the, the local region to to make sure the kids are aware of of what we're doing and, and how we can help them and not just kids but the broader community as well
0: yeah absolutely uh, now, I kind of like to get everyone's tips and <laughs> tricks as to what they like to do when they're not at work. Um, Katie, what's your must-do Melbourne experience?
1: Oh, can I only have one? There's so many. I mean, whether it be, I mean, we know we're in the sporting capital of the, of Australia, so whether it be going to catch a game of footy or cricket or, or uh, one of the other events that goes on, sometimes it might just be, you know, going down to Ligon Street or somewhere and getting some coffee or going to somewhere else and getting some of the foodie culture that we've got, Um, you know, we've got everything from the hipster part of Fitzroy through to, you know, Little Vietnam, um, through to, you know, some fine dining experiences more so in the centre of the city and, and around there's... There's, there's quite a lot that I think people need to do when they come mm-hmm. to Melbourne it's you, people never run away saying oh, they were bored it's always they've got to go and say we, we must come back so
0: do you have a favorite restaurant in town
1: um, I for something casual I really like Brunetti's. Um if I feel like it's a more uh, I think Brunetti's is a bit of an icon really for Melbourne isn't it um, the other one for me I think is you know you can't really go wrong anywhere along the South Bank sort of crown sort of region there's some really great fine dining restaurants but there's some really good casual dining and if you feel like a bit of a cheap and cheery, sort of, you know, out, do the food trucks. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple of really good little uh, food truck pop-up locations that are always a bit of a fun night out, or the noodle markets at night.
0: Yep. Uh, And what about a favourite view?
1: Oh, I actually... I think Eureka Stai Sky Deck is probably the one. If you can get that on a clear day, you can see out to the bay, you can see out to the Dandenongs, um, you can actually see into the CBD, you know, the MCG, you can see it all really from there. So I'd say that's the, the top pick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had a group actually last week. We took some people up to the, the sky deck. We mm. thought, oh, half an hour will be fine. Two hours later, we're <laughs> on our way back down. So it's a place you can definitely get stuck at yeah, in a good way, of course. Uh, do you have a favourite event?
1: Uh, there's a few, but I do think the one that um, is awesome is the Australian Open. I think the Aussie Open, which I'm looking forward to having in a, in, a, in a couple of months' time, um, but the Australian Open, I think Melbourne puts on a fantastic tennis event. Um, I go uh, every year, and I thoroughly enjoy it every time. Um, things obviously that Melbourne get alive for include the grand final for the uh, you know AFL if you're into that, but um, but no, I think the Australian Open is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Do you have a best free experience?
1: Probably one if someone's new to Melbourne, I'd be recommending that they go and do one of the walking tours around the CBD. I mean, you see everything from... The supposed hidden laneways that are now so popular there, I think, more populated than the main streets, um, through to you know Flinders Street Station, which is really iconic, and you can actually actually see parts of the city that you might not normally see. So, um, the walking tour around the city, I think, is um, is a is a great way to get your bearings and and explore a bit more of Melbourne.
0: Yep, and. Finally, do you have a hidden secret?
1: No, it's not going to be a secret if I tell you, <laughs> though, is it? Um, I think the Supper Club. So there's a little little nice Supper Club um, sort of bar slash restaurant slash, you know, nightcap place uh, on Spring Street, if anyone's going to Google it. But, um, but yeah, don't tell too many people because it's a nice hidden away little gem. It's best when there aren't too many people <laughs> in
0: there anyway, aren't
1: they? Exactly. It's good fun. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.
0: For the latest on Destination Melbourne events, industry news and everything else that's going on around town, head to destination.melbourne.